Hey guys, it's Trans from the Dark Attic. I just wanted to put this thank you at the beginning of the episode for your patience and understanding with the delay of episode 2. I and my family got really sick after recording and I kind of put a hamper on things. So we're all good now, we're all healthy, and we should be back to the regularly scheduled programming. Hope you guys enjoy episode 2. Floors creak with familiarity as you walk the halls that don't seem as dark but still fully mysterious. As you climb the ladder into the other world, once again the monsters welcome you back. They even have your favorite evening drink ready. The conversations begin as you settle into the box you claim as yours. Welcome back to the Dark Attic. Welcome back, everybody, to the now second podcast episode of The Dark Attic, where we are going to be asking the question, is Jesus a Sigma male? Uh, We kind of touched on this topic near the end. Actually, it was at the end of the last episode where one of our Discord friends, Moray, uh, had brought up the idea... um, you know, asking who is the most Sigma of all of us. And to all of our immediate answers, it was Kellen. Uh, But then that prompted us to think, you know, what really is a Sigma male? Matthew had asked us, had asked the question, what is a Sigma male? And Kellen gave a uh, concise answer on that topic. But we are now wanting to dig into that topic, kind of explore a little bit more of what that means, what a Sigma male is, I kind of dig really into the relational aspect, I think is what we want to discover. So we're going to be talking about, is Jesus a Sigma male? And we have a bunch of other questions and little rabbit holes that we can kind of dig into. But I do want to just thank you guys for coming back to episode two, episode three, if you count episode zero, but episode two proper. But yeah, let's kick it off. I think we'll kick it off like how we always do, defining kind of the topic of what we're talking about. What is a Sigma male? What do you guys think? What's what's your concise or not concise definition of what a Sigma male is? And um, I'd like to hear from you, Kellen, since you kind of started us off on it and brought that topic into the dark attic to begin with. Oh, no. At the start. Why me? Why me, Chaz? Well, I said, why? You brought it into the topic. You brought it into the attic. Why do you Why do you think when I say why, I'm actually asking a question and not just complaining? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I haven't learned that one yet. I know. Um, <clears throat> can, I, can I shove this over to Matthew so I can let my... Uh, let my mind percolate a little. Sure. I, I do think that you and Chaz are more familiar with the the cultural meme that is Sigma male. <laughs> so I, I can start off with kind of my musings on it. 
You did mention the meme. Maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. I think the meme is more the alpha Chad, right? Like the Sigma is kind of the antithesis to the alpha, but the meme starts with the alpha and we get to Sigma from that meme slash behavior. So yeah, let's, let's start there. I don't even know what the meme looks like. Like my role is to be the dumb guy. For this topic. <laughs> well, the meme is like this very like chiseled jaw faced Chad looking guy. Like exaggerated. So yeah, like, like super photoshopped. photoshopped, super photoshopped. Like, have you ever seen that episode of SpongeBob where? No, no. Okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Continue. There, there's this episode of SpongeBob where Squidward trips and hits his face on a door. And then you get handsome Squidward and his face is just like chiseled cut and jawline like it would cut a diamond. And that's it's really funny. Um, You should just look up uh, handsome Squidward in your free time or during the podcast. I don't know if you break out laughing, we'll know what you looked up. (laughs) But that's like the same thing with the uh, the chads where you have or the alphas, I guess it's. Um, comes from that where there, I believe it was some kind of male model has to be had to have been. And the dude is like jacked and ripped and he has like a 12 pack. If that's even possible, clearly <laughs> Photoshopped, um, super chiseled jawline, like facial hair has this weird smile. That's just like, yeah, I'm in control. So that's like the alpha meme. And you know, I- I think the the fact that you keep mentioning it as like the alpha Chad, I think is kind of significant because when I think mm. about a Sigma male, I realize although technically I connect it to the Giga Chad meme, I feel like those two things are kind of pretty distinct because the Giga Chad meme became way more alpha than Sigma in the end. Yeah. I think part of that is, the Giga Chad meme became kind of really wholesome, at least in my experience. And yeah. It, the it, that's... Sigma's, like, intentionally is not a wholesome character. Yeah, it was kind of... And this is kind of peeking behind the curtain and going into, like, the Discord happenings, but I, I'm not trying to... I, I'm realizing this is going to sound really weird coming from me because it's about me, but... Moray and the people we call the triplets, there's these three people in the server, really awesome people. Um, we call them the triplets because they're this little gang of three three people that just are amazing. And anyways, they've labeled me. They the play Chad off each of other so much. Yeah, they 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 intertwine and just play off each other so much. But they've labeled me the Chad of the server, and. That was really hard for me at first because in my background, Chad was the, was bad. That was the Mm. jerk. You know, that was the, um, old meme dating myself here, but it was like the dude with the oversized coat, backwards hat, Louis Vuitton hat, kind of tilted to the side, flushed kind of, um, frat boy esque style. And he's just kind of standing in the doorway. And like, that was the, quote unquote Chad when I was growing up with the internet. Oh, I sound so old saying that. But <laughs> that was the the oh you're the you're the Chad. Like it was a bad thing. And then now it's become a good thing. 
where it's like, oh, the alpha is the Chad is like, it's the, the good, you know, based person. But now, like you've said, it's kind of moved again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I looked up both memes. I chuckled on seeing the Squidward one. And uh, when, when, when I looked up Giga Chad, I've definitely seen that guy around. Okay. Yeah. O always like in that kind of the context you're talking about as the the iconic mega man. Mm -hmm. Like it started off as a bad thing. Like these people were like, oh, they get all the ladies and they have the awesome bod. But then it turned into like, you're the one standing up for the little guy. And like, oh, you're the Chad because you, um, you know, are deciding to take the route less traveled and there's this meme where it's a it's a scrawny little guy standing at the computer and he's like oh i i want to just end it all like it just sucks and life sucks and he's a a nerdy looking guy smaller drawn really poorly and then Christ. on the opposite side um of the the computer there's like these three other guys that are like the big you know strong guys that are like oh no brother don't do that like there's so much to live for and just go outside and enjoy the sunset and so it's like turned from this really bad connotation to like if you're a chad and you're based like that's a good thing because you're standing up for the beta or whatever else and we'll get into that later but it's really interesting to me how these definitions have shifted from being a very like I don't want to be a Chad too. You're pretty great if you're the Chad. I do wonder if there's an interaction there between what's considered Sigma and Alpha. Now like I'm always gonna be talking from someone who doesn't quite get the pop culture angle. So I'm kind mm -hmm. of being hypothetical. But I, I do think like if I if I if I take what I imagine Sigma to mean and what I could imagine Alpha to mean, I think the two can flip and switch places with each other because I think they're sort of the same in terms of power level, but their difference is their, their social status, not their power status. So I don't know if what happened with the Chad meme is something like that, that flipping where the outside character is seen to come toward the center and become like an anchor point and a pillar instead of something yeah. like an outcast. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's, because, I mean, if you yeah. look up the definition, like, I, let me do it right now. I, I'm doing it live. Alpha male definition. I actually it's, did that earlier today. <laughs> it's the dominant male animal in a particular group, a man tending to assume a dominant or domineering role in social professional situations. So, like, the alpha male is, you know, it. this other one says... um a personality type usually describing somebody who's arrogant, obnoxious, insensitive, selfish, competitive, etc. So like the alpha of what we thought was like, oh, the old Chad has become the alpha where it's like, I don't care about anybody. You get out of my way or you get stomped on. Or like this giga Chad. I don't know if adding giga makes it different. <laughs> like you have the Chad versus the giga Chad. But like... Mm -hmm this giga chat is now the sigma where it's like, no, I'm standing up for those that got trampled by the alpha and I'm going to be the one, not necessarily wholesome, but like 
the defender against the alpha where mm. because they have similar powers but from different parts of the societal spectrum they uh, are able to clash does that make sense yeah and mm. to that point i actually i want to i want to bring this back to wolves mm-hmm. which is arguably where the the terms of an alpha male um came from now i'm not going to talk about origin who knows maybe it came from somewhere else but at least it's highly probable that it came from a uh, a study conducted on wolves and the way wolves interact from what i saw the, the term comes out of ethology which from what i understand is the study of animal behavior so yeah whether it's from wolves sense. or other animals it like it wasn't originally applied to humans no right and I think that will really help distinguish what a sigma male is intended to be, like apart from an alpha male. And I do, I do want to establish before I say anything more that these. I did a little research into it, and the studies that sort of popularized the idea, at least in regards to wolves, were conducted on wolves in captivity. And the very people who did the studies later did studies much on on many more wolves on wolves in uh, the wild etc cetera, etc cetera, and completely recanted pretty much what was said because the thing is that wolves in captivity and wolves in the wild act very differently apparently and where it came where it ended up well where they started with is the idea that there was this singular male and singular female who sort of like ruled this pack and dominated the rest. And that's where you get like beta males, et cetera, or omega males, which would be at the very bottom of the um, structure and hierarchy. Um, But what they found out later is that like, it's not really about a, a male dominating other males and getting, getting the prize female. What it is, is that packs are a papa wolf and a mama wolf. (laughs) And then they have baby wolves. And then those wolves grow up. And then the baby wolves, once they become adults, often end up leaving the pack and roaming around until they find others who have left packs. And then they mate and they create a pack. So the idea of an alpha male started as this idea of like, a man who's super competent and dominates all of the other competition and wins the big wins the prize female when in reality the wolves really were just the only dominance they actually showed was that of a parent over offspring and so i, I do want to i would do want to specify real quick that like this idea of the alpha male being this like dominant aggressor who wins the prize came from a like flawed perspective now that flawed perspective on some levels i think can be useful because well isn't our doesn't our society just like exist in a state of a flawed perspective isn't that kind of what we're trying to address yeah i i feel like this flawed perspective and the attempt to address a flawed perspective is actually key to understanding um what this sigma male is and what people are trying to do with the sigma male and the sigma male meme and the giga chad meme and also speaks to how like 
the Chad has changed. I feel like there's this, there's this desire to take this toxic, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say the phrase. You can't make me. (laughs) It takes this like toxic domineering nature, which both men and women can manifest and is trying to address it. I feel like initially that's where this idea of the Sigma male comes from is this idea of a lone wolf who's decided to reject societal structures, reject the alphas, reject the entire system, step outside of the system and go his own way. Mm. And that can be done very poorly and be equally toxic and domineering. I think we see that with a lot of the uh, Mm. stereotypical sigmas in uh, pop culture, when you look into them, like there, some of them are, uh, I think John Wick. Yeah. Like Keanu Reeves is like one of the prime examples of a Sigma male. Yeah. Or like Walter White in uh, Breaking Bad, this kind of like mob boss kind of character who has, as Matthew said earlier, they're equal with the dominant male within society but they don't have the same charisma or they don't have the same relationship with society because by definition, although they have the same power, they are outside of society. They exist in the margins and they kind of like, and that's where you get this question of like, are Sigma males just as bad as the unhealthy alpha domineering and dominating outside in the margin or are they, or are they this attempt at the Giga Chad, at at this flipping of the Chad, of taking the Alpha and making this unhealthy, toxic, domineering individual take that power and then use that power for its intended purpose to lift up and help those in need, help the weak? As I... Oh, go ahead. I had a couple of thoughts. One, I want to circle back to the animals a little bit. I, I think we can get the stereotypical alpha from the animal world, too. Like, two, two creatures have come to mind. Like, lions and walruses. They both seem, from what I've noticed, to exhibit the kind of, call it the toxic alpha behavior. Somebody, somebody studied, studied walruses? <laughs> oh, documentary. Walruses are horrible. Like, they have a, a really brutal uh, polygamous system. Or, like, the I think it's called a bull. The, the, the head male is the bull. Or, like, I don't know, maybe all adult males are called bulls. The one bull will have, like, a harem of females, and he's got... He's got some gangsters around him who are allowed to have like one or two females if they like stay on his team and they just kill everybody else. <laughs> and they, 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 poor, poor baby walruses get just killed here and there and eaten as, a, as part of this dominant structure. And it only switches when uh, the, the, the head bull gets weak and gets killed by a rival. So you you can kind of see like okay you're to- toxic alpha in the middle, and then whoever comes from the outside, 
and overthrows him is you could call that outsider the sigma maybe the lions have a similar thing going on it's like the one the one male with all the females and then he only gets overthrown when some younger stronger male comes from the outside sometimes he's ganged up on sometimes the the patriarch is ganged up on and killed but I, I think you can see the, the toxic form in the animal world pretty clearly. I'm glad that there are, um, among wolves, at least there's an example of a different different way. Yeah. And then the the other thought that I had is, it's it's not an extensive thought. Just noticing like the the term edge lord, it's <laughs> kind of a pop culture term, and that that seemed that seemed fitting. Having some corollary to a sigma. I think for any definition, whether it's you know the sigma, beta, delta, gamma, alpha, omega, whatever designation on the societal structure of hierarchy that you place, um, I think to answer, and I think this might be a little early to answer this, but. To answer the main question of the episode, is Jesus a Sigma male? I, I'm going to go with no, because I think placing him in one box or one you know standard, and I know this sounds like a cop-out answer, but stick with me here. Placing him in, in one of those hierarchy levels um, limits what he's able to do and who he's able to reach out to, because when I was doing research on my own for these different hierarchy levels, I noticed that there's a very distinct pattern with them. It's very cut and dry. There's no wiggle room for being a little bit alpha, a little bit sigma, a little bit omega, where in certain situations you're this and in certain situations you're not. And I think specifically for sigma male, there are just as many, and this kind of ties into what you were saying, Kellen, there's just as many toxic traits that sigma males have, that the alpha male would have, that the beta male would have, that the insert whatever male here has. And I think that specifically with Jesus, he is every positive part from every level. He has the authoritative position of the alpha he has the meekness of the sigma he has the care of the omega he has the uh you know the obedience of the beta and he is like each each part of it he is the divine wolf he's like the divine male obviously he's the you know he's jesus but that's kind of how i i'm perceiving and why i think i've been struggling for being being called and calling other people well you're an alpha male you're a sigma male you're a beta male because people are a lot more complex than that right like they don't fit within any one of those uh boxes and i think when we start to only look at them as oh because you exhibit majority of these behaviors you are this type of male or female that becomes a very, like, that starts to break down into how we associate and relate to other men and other women and, you know, order and chaos and all those other things, 
that we we have planned to talk about and i don't know i i i feel like yes talking about the the individual different types are important but i wonder if by not pulling a little bit from each that we're creating that split that we want to pull away from yeah you know i think i agree with you um i think my answer is actually both yes and no mm-hmm. um he's the redeemed sigma male maybe yeah i but it's 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 exactly what you said um i think jesus jesus fills every role as necessary mm-hmm. he gives us he he enters into everyone's role in order to show all of us how to move forward, how to grow. And I think from, I came into this thinking about Sigma males as a kind of monster, especially mm-hmm. playing off of last time, the last episode where we talked about, is God a monster? I feel like people might have expected me to say, yes, Jesus is a Sigma male, simply because to me, a Sigma male is a kind of monster. It's a powerful entity, a death bringer, yeah, for both good or evil um, that exists outside the structure, outside the typically accepted structure along the margins. And I think we can get into that, the significance of that more later. But I think with what you said, it, it really would over, um, over-constrain Jesus, over-constrain God. he's he yes he does enter into the role of a sigma male he is a monster and in as much as a sigma male is a monster he's a sigma male but he's not merely that Mm. and i would even say like there are like i mentioned i think like we both mentioned there are dangerous aspects to being a sigma male you know, being a lone wolf, whether you're an alpha or a sigma, is detrimental to community, both inwardly and uh, to other people, your own community in your own heart and the community and how you react to other people. Having the, you know, I'm not going to listen to anybody's authority. I'm just going to kind of make my own way and going to forge the path that I need for myself. Like, that's great in some aspects, but in other ways, it's like we should submit to the monster that has the power over life and death. And that's what Jesus does. <laughs> In that moment, he becomes a beta. And so, yeah, I, I think every, I think a good way to say it, uh, similar to how he described his battle to Satan in the garden is that he became every positive version of every type of distinction on the hierarchy level and defeated every bad version, every you know bad trait that is on that level. Not that he isn't that thing, but he actively looked at it and said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that subscribe over me. Yeah. He, I, he defeated, he defeated guilt. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I I want to move on and talk about that. 
But first, I want to hear from Matthew um, what what your answer is, if you even want to answer right now. Because I, I do want to move into discussing what are the negative traits of a sigma male? Like, mm. where does where does sigma male come from on a more detailed level? Yeah. But first, Matthew. Yeah. <clears throat> I think for me, we haven't really offered a satisfactory definition. Yeah, no. I, I feel the same way. I feel like yeah. on some level, this entire podcast is kind of going to be kind of trying to define it. <laughs> so I'll... To offer a preliminary answer, I'll offer my own definition. And then I might suggest that we look at a couple pop culture examples, potentially. I, I think that might help everyone form a clear picture in their mind. So I, I've had an idea in, for what how to define a sigma male in my mind. But I've been waiting to see if anything you guys said would force me to modify it. And so far, I haven't heard anything. So I... I'm taking a very structural approach that sort of ignores the individual, as I often do. Um, <laughs> so we love about you, Matthew. You are Mr. Structure and Order. My brother pointed this out to me, uh, and I was thinking about him. I was like, yep, that's, that, that's right. I'm always thinking about systems. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'm going to take the systems perspective in that. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree that that to start off, because I will disagree with something as well, that, that the spirit of Christ fills every role. I think, I think that's the idea of him having his, the church being his body. So he is all the parts. So he plays every role. So if we want to use these, you know, these categories, beta, delta, gamma, so Christ fills up every, every human role. But I think there's a special way in which, like, as an individual, as like, in his unique role as 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 the head of his body, in that particular role, he is he is the alpha. He is the what what alpha should be, not not the toxic mm. walrus version, but more like the wolf father version. In that. He he is there to be the top and the center point, which is holding together the human organization, which is his body. So, so taking that perspective as the 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 alpha, you know, whether male or female, is, is the one at this top and the center in the place of the king. So I think, speaking archaically, king is another way to say alpha. If that's the case, then the sigma is on the outside edge of the world playing the role of like a monster who can come in from the outside anytime and kill the king and dominate like a tyrant. So like the Sigma is like this potential tyrant, I guess. But like the power level thing is, I think, key. It's like the Sigma matters because he's actually a direct threat to the Alpha. So like the way the, way the world works is that the, the Alpha has to keep the Sigmas at the edge because they could disrupt the order. And it could be the Sigmas just want to be there. They 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 play the role of edge lord. They they rule over the monsters at the edge of the world, or they 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 are the heads of. To make it more media, they they they're the heads of subcultures. 
the dominant culture has those who rule over it, and then their subculture is kind of at the edge, underneath the dominant culture, who have their own leaders and their own hierarchies. Maybe you find the sigma there. Or maybe the sigma is just a guy or, or a female who, who has the, just the power level to go it alone, to defend themselves, to be a culture of one, to define themselves. It could be like a radical form of individualism, thinking about it that way. So taking that kind of structural perspective, I think when, 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 when Jesus enters the world in which Satan is the alpha, to that world, which is looking at Satan as its center, Christ is the sigma. He is the monster who's coming to devour Satan's world. But in like the, the progress of the gospel, Christ becomes the alpha. Like, like he always is. That's like always his role. But the, like coming into the world, he overthrows Satan and then takes kind of the rightful role. So it's like, so is, is Christ a sigma male? I think in, in his rightfully understood role, he is the rightful and only alpha. So I think the clear answer is no, that he's not. Although he does come into the world looking like a sigma, but he does the flip and goes to the center and becomes enthroned over all others. Yeah, that so that's, that's, my, that's my answer. I like that answer. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I think that's a... It's a good description of the Sigma male. Awesome. Cool. So I want to dig into, I want to dig more into where the Sigma male comes, comes from. Mm. Uh, Cause you mentioned like he comes in from the outside. But on some level, like why, like, is he incepted in the outside? Like, hmm. what is he in reaction? Because that, that I guess that kind of like gives away the way I think about it. Can I give a, give a pop culture example that might lead into it? And yeah. The, the question would be, is Scar from the Lion King a Sigma male? Or oh, is he, or is he a that's interesting. I actually talked to, to a guy uh, from church about this, and he had an interesting perspective. You know, he Scar feels like such a beta, but then what he does is such a Sigma move. He's like such a wimpy, weaselly Sigma. Jazz, what yeah, do you yeah, think? that's 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 mm. why I think he's an interesting example. Is he kind of forces out the distinction? I think. Antonius is, is saying that Scar is kind of more of a gamma male and kind of looking it up, that's kind of the uh, the yes man. They have... Wait, gamma male's a real thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually I know. That was a... for, they like for the... those who are listening, we have, we have a peanut gallery over here who has been commenting. And he said earlier that the gamma male sounds like such a stereotypical supervillain. I thought he was joking. I didn't know there was a gamma. There was an actual gamma male. No, yeah. So gamma males are typically like the um, the unattractive. They're the they're like super intellectual, but they're unattractive. They're bitter. They're um, they kind of 
they don't follow the rules and they are typically labeled as like narcissists or um uh like somebody who uh often yeah like like Antonia says right here they often lie or exaggerate um and they they just have a hard time with uh the other parts of the hierarchy rank but gamma is definitely kind of like the the push to the side and the the villain but in terms of like there there's so many there is as many hierarchy ranks as there are greek symbols honestly <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's kind of weird um yeah we could we could get lost in weeds here for sure yeah i think to simplify it you know you you have the alpha you have the beta you have the sigma and the omega the omega is just like bottom of the barrel person like just undesirable damaged whatever like all the things in between the deltas and the gammas i think you I kind know. of don't need the other rungs you just need top up middle you need top center you need bottom and outside like beta is just the the armored guard yeah. uh, that's just the bot the bodyguard of the, the alpha class so in yeah. in terms of uh lion king and scar i think i think he's definitely like a beta sigma for sure he follows you know is a yes man kind of answers to the whims of the alpha when he needs to but he also is being made into this outsider who does have and is an alpha amongst his own people like the hyenas follow him and mm -hmm. will execute his plans for him so he's he's being turned into this sigma from the outside and his whole thing was to come in and take over the throne which he does for a portion of the movie I Spoilers, think... man. <laughs> if you haven't seen Lion King by now. <laughs> That's why it's a good example, because like everyone's seen it. Yeah. The if you haven't do, seen Hamlet, the, the animal version. Hamlet, <laughs> <laughs> the animal version. Um, no, but so. OK, so that that is my take on Scar. I think he's like a Sigma beta where i i do have some thoughts on how the sigma is created um but i don't know if you wanted to go somewhere with that first kellen i think the segue that i want to make is to sort of just say it explicitly that obviously we're we really don't care <laughs> about who's an alpha omega sigma beta gamma delta whatever we don't we don't actually care about the term we're we're using this to really dig into um attributes of um attributes of dominance attributes of primarily men but also women who who rule or are ruled and to really dig in and see like what is the structure and where's it gone wrong and how do we address it because yeah. even if like, if you just look at the memes, like what we were talking about at the very beginning, the very fact that chat that the Chad went from the D bag to the guy who's like protecting the little guy, that's weird. Like <laughs> that itself, it, weird, sure, 
But it also shows that like people care about that. We're in a society of men who are hungry for the system to change in a wholesome way. And I really feel like we're at this turning point in society where people are just so sick and tired of the typical way of trying to address the problems of society by just leaving and becoming your own problematic anti-society. Yeah. People want to actually change things. And that's what we're here for. We want, we want to change things for the better. We want to redeem authority. We want to purify authority. We want to take what's gone wrong, look at it, address it, and really be able to remove the guilt and change society just so that it's just the wholesome stuff. And that's what people are wanting. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm interested in with this Sigma male. Sure. Is, yeah. And I guess I'll just go ahead and talk about it. When I look at a Sigma male, I see this reactionary approach to two kind of, hyper-polarized points of view. And both of the hyper-polarized points of view are kind of reactionary to each other. I think the, the one side is this really unhealthy, domineering, authoritarian who is insensitive, didn't really have problems in life, or was just so resilient and healthy enough that they could just overcome all their problems by brute force. So they look at others who aren't succeeding and they're like, well, just do it. Right. It's like, well, what if you don't know what to do? You know what to do, just do it. And it's kind of this like brain dead, obnoxious, toxic machismo. I knew someone was going to post the meme. <laughs> and and we, we all love Sheila Booth. <laughs> and the thing is like, no, no, not going to get into that yet. Not going to get into the positives yet. Not yet. Not we're, yet. We're, we're talking about how they, how they incepted. How does a Sigma yeah. male incept? So or any, a- or any, honestly, not even just a Sigma male, any toxic hierarchy trait for both males and females, how do they incept? Right. And and again, I see these two hyperpolarized things. One is, and both of which are extremely toxic. One is that hyper insensitive, um, like aggressive resilience that that aggressive resilience alone does allow them to dominate, to achieve, 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 but they, they kind of leave behind them a pile of corpses. And then the other side are zombies who are crawling out of the corpse pile, I guess. It's people who are who who needed who needed love, who needed compassion, who needed people to help them, but instead they were just trampled on. So they're kind of stuck um, not to be insulting, but I think this is a really good way to put it. There's a lot of people who are kind of stuck wearing invisible diapers. And it's like, in, on some level, it's legitimately not an insult. 
because it's a statement of where they're at and thus what they need. If somebody was never allowed to grow up, they need to be treated in such a way that allows them to grow up, that allows them to excel, that allows them to move forward. The problem is that these people were so wounded and so destroyed by people who are like, you need to move forward, you need to grow up, that now even those phrases alone or the idea of quote unquote growing up is tinged with this toxicity and this hatred and this complete disregard for their legitimate needs and this slandering of the person. So they don't view it as growing up because to them growing up is a monster. Growing up is is the villain. And they think, well, I'm an adult. I have grown up. I'm in a body of a 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 60-year-old. I have grown up. But when you look at their behavior, you see somebody who wants to be coddled and not they don't just want compassion. They want, they wouldn't say it necessarily this way, but they, they there is a desire to be ruled but in the way they want to be ruled. Right. Mm -hmm. And hopefully and think, in, in oh, the right way that they haven't had and are longing for. Right. And the thing is both exacerbate the other because the, the domineering toxic alpha male or female stomps all over the childlike heart of the other side but then the other side when they become toxic and they grow up they try to stamp out any possible um or uh, or assertiveness yeah would you say i, I said any any like semblance of authority yeah and they do it's it all bad <laughs> right and they often proclaim love as the reason for why they're doing it and they're like be a that they're all about um, diversity, or at least in their words they are. But the problem is they're stamping out the originality and the diversity of those who by nature are assertive. And so it's, it's a hypocritical sort of double standard that they're not aware of. And that in turn, I want to hear from Matthew, but that in turn I think is really what creates the sigma. Because the sigma isn't the toxic um, alpha. The sigma looks at both sides, sees the toxicity of both sides, has been wounded by both sides. And because of having been wounded by this hyperpolarizing of society, they've decided to leave and to say, F it. All of you can die for all I care. And that's actually why I kind of, I don't mock edgelords. I don't think that's fair or appropriate. Because the problem is people who quote unquote become edgelords become that because they were mocked and they have this aesthetic of violence because they're not allowed to say, they're, they're not allowed to be serious in their violence because nobody is given the right. Like we're not in a society where we're allowed to say, yeah, what people have done deserves death. That'll cause both alphas and, and the both, I don't know what to call the other side, but it causes both of the hyperpolarized to to react in a very negative way. The alpha is like, we can't have this sigma violence because it threatens our authority. 
Mm-hmm. The Chaz, did you name them? I uh, I said probably just the Sigmas because like that. Well, uh, I don't no, know. I'm I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the the two poles aren't the sigma. The sigma is the reaction to the two poles. The two poles is a toxic alpha and then a like toxic. It's almost like the toxic alpha is a toxic um, adult. It's competency without any compassion. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is a toxic child where it's all compassion without any competence. That might be the toxic beta where they just are like, no, we, we don't really want to make waves. We just kind of will let them do their thing and we'll do our thing, but- just kind of stay out of their way. It's like, no, like they deserve justice for what they're doing to me. Yeah. I, I feel like no term in the uh Greek letter pool would satisfy me to name the the other side. I I think there's other I mean, there's other words from like classical political theory that work. Because, like, classical political theory has, like, a healthy and an unhealthy version for for each category. So, like, there's tyrant and then there's monarch. So monarch is considered, like, virtuous. Tyrant is considered vicious. Uh, You have aristocracy, which is considered virtuous. And oligarchy, which is vicious. And they're, like, the same structure. Um, So I I think... I think when, when, when a... I'll, I'll change the scale. I think when a social organization, like regardless of the size of society, becomes dominated by tyrants, like th- like there's always a counter reaction to overthrow the tyrant, right? Or there's at least a reaction to change, to change those at the top. But if you if you have a situation where those who are who are capable of ruling, governing, managing. We, if you have a situation where they're not allowed to to as, assume rule from those who are failing due to their tyranny, like those people go out to the edge and they sometimes they start companies, sometimes they just like they chill, you know, whatever. Maybe they they brew their own beer. Like they don't actually. A lot of these people they they can figure out a way to earn an income, like or I don't know. I think maybe some homeless people are really like their potential rulers, but they're just checked out. Like they can handle themselves. So you, you lose all these people to the edge of the world. And so the, the people who, who are left struggling against the tyrants are, they don't actually have the competency level to overthrow them, which is actually kind of useful to the tyrants because they have this churn below them, this like chaotic rumbling. And they have like all the factions, all the weak factions constantly clashing with each other and this allows them to like stay where they are for for longer than would be natural what it sounds like is that those within the structure oppressed by the tyrants you said they don't have the competence but they have the community whereas sigmas or those who are really push to the edges often have the competence, but they don't have the unity. 
And I feel like that's also a big um, attribute of what we're trying to call a sigma. Is that somebody has competence, but they are lacking a, a unity. And when they do stereotypically achieve a unity, it's through a dominance of um, of those who are along the edges, much like what we see with Scar and the hyenas um, or a mob boss. You, you know, another good example is from the Boba Fett series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I didn't see that. Boba Fett is cast out literally into the desert and he comes to have like a measure of authority uh, spoilers. He comes to have a measure of authority over a clan of Tusken Raiders. And those Tusken Raiders sort of enable him to, to grow in power and eventually to become the godfather of this, of this city. But, but he can't do it until he finds belonging. And he, he kind of goes through like a spiritual crisis where he kind of loses his old identity and like has a transformation that finds belonging with the Tuscan clan. I like that because I, I feel like it further emphasizes how the people who identify with Sigmas, if we want to talk about like, why is a Sigma male appealing? Cause like, that's one of the reasons we're bringing this up is a Sigma male is this pop culture icon to some level because it's appealing. I feel like what we're getting at here is that it's appealing because the Sigma male leaves society, but they leave this society and yet deep down they desperately want to return. Like the Sigma male is, is checked out, but are they really fully completely in their heart checked out or are they just jaded? Have they not been given the opportunity to re-enter and change it for good? Mm. Yeah, I think like, that's right. I, I see that with some entrepreneurs. Like the companies they start are just the solutions to the problems they've observed, which they would solve if they could if they could have the public office which would be suiting to their skill. But they can't. Like our system makes it impossible for most of these people to achieve public office. So they go and start a company that tries to solve the same problem. Right. And Tony has just brought up a, uh, or I mean, sorry, the peanut gallery. <laughs> Our wonderful peanut in the Discord is he, he brought up biblical prophets. Oh, I'm like, yeah. you know, I think biblical prophets are a really good example of a healthy sigma. And the irony is that, like, none of the prophets wanted to be prophets, they were called to it, they were called out to be separate from society. But the intent was always so that, like, they go to the king and they tell the king, hey, you're doing this wrong. Or they go to the people and they tell the people, like, hey, you're doing this wrong. The purpose of being called out and removed from society and becoming really, really weird <laughs> was, was to be competent in a insertive manner. I'm envisioning kind of like a syringe entering a body and like the sigma or the biblical prophet re-entering into society, piercing into society to create a specific solution to a problem. 
That's a really, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Like a, a special, special class. I think as, as well, and I'm not trying to depart from the prophet idea, but like King David, King David is maybe archetypical. He's the archetypical, he's the archetypal uh, Sigma. Well, he does the, he does the whole cycle. He goes, he does. He goes out, he plays the madman. He spends time on the outside, and then he comes to the inside. I have some thoughts that I think make it kind of easier to understand. Where Alpha is this one polar side of the spectrum that's very, like, toxic and difficult, you know, to that's oppressive, almost. And then uh, I think this, the natural opposite of that for the other polar would just be the omega that's just lays on their belly and submits and just completely doesn't fight back and the sigma is that person that we've been trying to describe that is sick of both and it's like i'm i don't agree i'm gonna make my own way and i think the way that we're using sigma and the way that uh, antonius here is is saying like what about the person who wants good uh, but doesn't think and behave the way the alphas do uh, and are so frequently get in trouble or annoyed with the alphas, even though they're not intending disrespect or rebellion, I think... Or rather they, they annoy the alphas. The alphas get annoyed with them. Yes, yes, sorry. Um, this, I think this this is the sigma in the same way where we're saying monsters can be good or Harlequin is good where we don't take the bad we look at what is redeemable and what is christ-like and godly and biblical and pull those aspects out and say i'm going to be the redeemed sigma i'm going to be the redeemed harlequin that uses my chaotic energy and uses my monstrous power and uses my laughter and um desire for chaos and to rip things apart like she so does but in a good way to right like i think that just really boils it down and simplifies it's like what in what way should we be sigmas and should we at all i think yes we we should be these different attributes from all of them from the alphas the sigmas but specifically the sigma because that's what we're focusing on as this person who desires justice is sick of the polar ends of like, I don't like what either of you are doing. I don't want to be toxic and I don't want to just lay on my back and expose my belly and just say, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. Like that's not great either because we desire change. We desire things to be better. We desire the little guy to be looked out for. And so we stand up in a righteous way and a righteous light and say, I'm going to be the new standard. I'm going to be the new canon. Not that I'm saying we're making a new biblical canon, but you know what I mean? We're going to be the new. No heresy. Um, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying a new biblical canon. I just mean the new measuring stick, the new standard by which we want everything else to be filtered through. And we're going to say, if we can't, find it in any of these different ranks or 
societal levels, we will make our own way. We're going to decide what is right by the what the Bible tells us, how Jesus lived, and embody the right way to be an alpha, the right way to be a sigma, the right way to be a beta, delta, gamma, whatever, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Like, we want to be the most righteous form of that to say what you guys have right now, your system is flawed and broken and I'm sick of it and will not have any of it. So I'm making my own. And this kind of goes into that conversation that we were having, that you were having with your other friend. And I don't want to bring up too much of it because I know you want to bring this conversation in, but like we're going to make our own island. We're going to make our own definition of what Sigma is because there is in no way that we can overthrow something that's already established. Like this pyramid of hierarchy is so rooted and so far into people, male and female personality, you know, toxic personality um, that it's like nigh impossible to uproot and tell the alphas to be different and to tell the omegas to pick themselves up by the bootstraps. We're going to say, no, we're going to make a new Sigma redeemed that is able to look at these different things and address them in the right light. Just the same way that Harlequin will use her chaotic power when redeemed in the right way. Like we use that monstrous energy for good to build bridges. Like we said last time. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking that that in the in the forty days temptation, Satan offers Christ the the he offers him the emperorship of the world. He's like, here are all mm -hmm. the kingdoms of the world. You just have to be like me. And, and Satan is like the arc toxic alpha, and Christ is like, nope, thank you, nope, be gone from me. <laughs> and so at that moment, like. In a way, Christ is the ultimate sigma out in the desert at the edge of the world, mm -hmm. as symbolically, like almost starving to death, separated from society, and Satan offers him like a spot on the throne, and he totally rejects it because he doesn't he doesn't play by those rules. He's he's creating something new instead, like like what you're describing, Chaz. You know, I've always liked the thought of soaring sheep being a new nation, a new country, <laughs> which kind of is what entrepreneurs are doing. Well, anyone who knows me for an extended period of time will eventually, uh, I will eventually recommend to them the ones who walk away from Omalas and you who are uh, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast. I don't know. Do you listen with your eyes? <laughs> I mean, bats do. You're not wrong. That's not, that's um, not entirely true either. <laughs> they have eyes. <laughs> they oh. don't work well, but they still have them. <laughs> they listen yeah. with their... They see with their ears. That's what they do. Right. Exactly. What was my point? What was I saying? Right. Lost the ones one. who walk away from Omalas. I really like that short story. Um, I recommend people go read it. It's by Ursula K. Le Guin. It's only like seven pages. You can find a 
PDF of it online for free because it's that old. <laughs> so it's it's out there legally. Um, and it's it's really this sort of parable. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk much about it, but I'm gonna give you my own short little view on it before you go read it, because I really suggest you do. It's sort of a parable written by someone who um, is not, has not ascribed to being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. She is not a follower of the lamb. Um, but she, the author is very wise. And what I believe is that when she was writing it, she was looking at those who follow the, follow, follow the lamb. And she was writing a parable to explain what we do, even though she, as the narrator, still doesn't really fully understand. Because the basic concept is there's this utopia, but it's founded on a mild, like a, a, a it's not mild, it's a terrible thing. It's a utopia founded on a terrible thing, but the terrible thing is isolated to a single individual. And there are people, and everyone has to be aware of it. Everyone is made aware of it. That's how the utopia works. But there are people who, in becoming aware of it, decide to just leave. And I'm not going to spoil it, spoil anything for you, but there's this line near the end that says, like, people, it, it seems like they don't know where they're going. People who get up and walk out of Omelos, who leave the city of Omelos, who leave this utopia, nobody knows where they're going, but they seem to know the direction to walk in. And I've always liked envisioning Soaring Sheep as being something created by the people who left Omelos. Because I feel like we are called to leave this corrupted system, to leave Babylon, for those of you who get the reference, and not just to leave, but to establish something outside of Babylon, to establish a new kingdom, not where we're necessarily kings, but in obedience to the king who called us out, we establish his kingdom outside of Babylon and create these cities of refuge so that those who are destroyed by Omelos, by this corrupt system, can leave. And when they leave, they have a place to go to. It's this idea of like, when you're the first person to cross a river, it's really tough, but then you can build the bridge. You make it easier for those behind you to follow. And I really see that that's what Soaring Sheep is going to be doing and is doing. But I also see that that is the purity and the beauty of the essence of what the Sigma male should be and what everyone deep down wants it to be. Is the Sigma male is this person who hears this higher calling, who exits the system, walking out into the desert into the unknown, past the fields, leaving this false utopia. And the people in the utopia never know where he goes or never knows what he does because they never leave, so they'll never find out. 
but he leaves and he creates a place for those who do leave to go to. And then in that place, they train together to save the person suffering in Omalas. I'm not going to spoil the story for you. Go read it. But I also like that aspect where it's like the ones who walk away from Omalas, I believe we're going to rescue, rescue the, the one that their utopia is founded on. And you know what? If that causes a war, I'd rather there be a war than for people to remain at peace, a false peace, because they're crushing, crushing the innocent. Like a, a peace built on crushing the innocent is not anything worth supporting. That's a disgusting thing worth tearing down. Like that's that's a cause for war. If a society is founded upon injustice and guilt and shame, if the only way it can function and have this false kind of peace is founded on desecration of the innocent, and if they refuse to, to let their society crumble, that's a cause for war. That's a society that needs to be invaded and destroyed because it's a society where the structure itself is violating uh, the innocent. And, and that's what I want soaring sheep to be. Is I, want us, I want us to be a people who are like, our, our weapons are not of this world. Our weapons aren't physical. I mean, our art's physical, but like our weapons aren't guns and swords. Our weapons are spiritual because the kingdoms that really have power are spiritual kingdoms. The physical ones are just manifestations of that. The kingdoms that need to be torn down are spiritual kingdoms. And so we can comfortably say that like we're, we're, we're leaving a spiritual kingdom, entering a new one, training to become violent warriors and monsters <laughs> to, to reinvade the other demonic um, spiritual kingdom in order to tear it down in bloody justice in order to save the people who are oppressed by it. <laughs> there needs to be a place where the Sigma male is like encouraged or we can be like, you know what? There are things that deserve to die. You know me, I could go on and on about this. <laughs> yeah, I was just I about did to say, I think, I think we're, um, yeah, moving into kind of a desire for what showing sheep is. I, I know that kind of is in between a lot of our topics is explaining what we want from soaring sheep and how this applies to that. Um, we are running low on time. So I do want to kind of wrap this up uh, as nicely as we can. We, wow, spent a long time on just the intro, huh? On what is a Sigma male? <laughs> it was necessary, I think. I, I, I agree. I think, um, I think we this, could wrap back around and re-answer the question real quick. Well, right. I mean, on the outline I have here, we we didn't even get to the talking about the reactions to men and women and the 
the other stuff that we have here is a there's a lot that we wanted to talk about that we had to spend a long time on what is a sigma male and exploring is it's basically if it's good or if it's bad why or why not and i think circling back to it um you know i i think is going to be a good way to end this episode so concisely i think we all agree quick thing for what it's worth i actually addressed multiple of those the points on our outline it may not have been noticed <laughs> but a lot of the uh reactionary stuff we we were able to touch on yeah i we touched on them but i i do want to dive deeper into it because now that we have a solid idea of what the sigma male is and at least how it applies to soaring sheep as the redeemed sigma of this person who's sick of the polar opposites and wants to make its new way that will pull the people who decide to leave Omalas into a new light and show them that whatever you were told doesn't have to be the only way. I think that gives us a really great uh, framework and, and foundational framework to dig into those other points that we kind of just scraped and touched on. We didn't really get into it. So this may be our first two-part episode. That's where, what I was Part two. Where, yeah, maybe, where we'll have a, a part now. two on exploring, now that we know what a Sigma male is in the dictionary of Soaring Sheep, we can really <laughs> apply that to the other aspects of the questions that we had. So Definitely. I like that. To To bring it all together, I think we've all come to the conclusion that the Sigma male, the redeemed Sigma male that Soaring Sheep wants to be and promote is this idea of a outsider that looks at the two polar ends and everything in between and says, this isn't, this isn't it. Like there has to be more, there has to be a better way. And we want to be that Sigma male that is redeemed and righteous and uses it in the same capacity that we use our monstrous abilities in a redeemed light. And with that in our dictionary and in our repertoire, uh, let's come back to ask a lot of questions pertaining to Sigma. And I keep, we keep saying Sigma males, and I hope our female listeners don't feel like they turn... I hope they didn't turn it off like immediately. <laughs> we mean Sigma person, like... Male and female alike, um, just that that sigma alpha, you know, personality. That's what we're going for. Um, but so everyone listening at this point, I want you guys to send in questions on our Discord uh, from a perspective of how does this new sigma apply to X? How do we address this thing with you know, insert thing here with the new idea, new definition of redeemed Sigma. Um, you can put all of those questions in on our Discord. We have a uh, forum post for that under the town square discussion. 
It's uh, the Dark Attic. It's Jesus, a Sigma male. You can either post it there or there will be a new one for this part two. We might just leave it all as one thing. Um, but to get there, it's really easy. It's bit.ly forward slash the Lambs Guild, capital T-L-N-G. And you'll get an invite to go straight to our Discord. You'll be able to ask questions and be able to have those questions answered either in conversation or on part two of Is Jesus a Sigma Male? Do you guys have any other closing things you want to add on to that? I think with the way we've uh, clarified what, the, what a Sigma Male is, I think I'm more comfortable in saying, like, yes, Jesus is definitely a Sigma Male. I think he, I think a, a Sigma Male transcends being a Sigma Male. Ooh, transcended Sigma Male. I like that. I think just like the way we've defined it, just to sort of make a final sentence here, the way we've defined it actually kind of gets back to what uh, Matthew said at the beginning and that like the Sigma male comes in and becomes the alpha. I personally don't like that phrasing because I don't like the system at all. And I feel like the heart of the Sigma doesn't like (laughs) the, the phrasing either. So I think to me, a Sigma male is somebody who, who uh, in being a Sigma leaves, looks at the system, says this isn't the way it's supposed to be, and does something to change it. And in doing that, transcends even that distinction of being a Sigma male and becomes something else, something other, something weird, something that sort of defies language. Because it is, it's so... It's so beautiful, so wholesome, so other, so alien yeah. that we we who have left society left society, but still have our language defined by society, even we don't really have a word for it. So I would say yes, Jesus is a sigma male, but he also transcends um being a sigma or any kind of structuring that we currently imagine yeah i think that that perspective really brings in the idea of really just you move from sigma to monstrous like i think that's really where it comes into play and comes full circle with our other episodes is you see as the sigma you transcend and become the monster that everybody else is like, uh, you're not like us. And you say, yeah, you're right. And I'm going to use this power to create and destroy what needs to be created and destroyed. Right. Matthew. What about you, Matthew? Ah, yes. Before. <laughs> uh, thought that I had was something that makes the Sigma redeemed in the way you're describing it is getting beyond a narrow individualism and looking at how to create something for others to participate in. You know, something that provides an alternative to the world which is left behind. But yeah, that was a thought. Like there's I think the toxic version of a Sigma is hyper individualistic and is 
Yeah. Like that's made kind of the essence of lone wolf, like on my own for myself. So I, I, I liked how you were descri- describing this, this movement out from the corrupt world to create something in participation with, with others. So yeah, I had to have that thought. And the last thing I wanted to say, which I think t- gets at the idea of transcending the categories is how Jesus himself transcends the categories in the last supper. So in the last supper, Jesus, he, he, he touches the top and the bottom of any social hierarchy. Like he sits at the head of the table in the place of honor, but then he also washes all of his disciples' feet, which is him going down to the position of a slave. And going right. like out, out. He, he leaves. You, you could see him like going from the head of the table, which is the center, out to the place of the servant to, you know, to, to acquire water. Oh, that's interesting. Symbolism of really, water on the edge. But anyway, so he's doing both. Really he's transcending categories. Yeah, he's, he's beginning in the end. He's transcending categories, being the king and the servant all at the same time. Yeah. Mm, yes. That's, that's a really great example and analogy of just Jesus transcending all of the different hierarchy ranks. And yeah. Not not only transcending them, but also taking them on to himself. Because, like, I, I don't want to, you know, belabor the ending here, but, like, in that moment, he's, you know, he's washing the disciples' feet, and then they're like, no, don't wash my feet. And he looks up at them and rebukes them and says, no, I will. <laughs> and he's right. like, it's just like this weird, like, wait. <laughs> um. Uh, I guess I'm I'm not gonna talk back, but like you're in the position of lowliness. But okay, <laughs> it's just as weird. But yeah, that's that's a great example. I I really really appreciate that uh, perspective. So yeah, in closing, uh, I just want to invite everybody to you know check us out where we are soaringsheep.com is our main website. You can buy some merch there. We have a new discount code for our podcast listeners. And that discount code is ATTIC15, A-T-T-I-C-15. And if you listen to our podcast... Yes, 1-5. A-T-T-I-C-1-5. And that will get you 15% off your purchase for being a faithful listener of our podcast. We appreciate you guys and we appreciate your support here listening to us. Uh, I know we were a little behind on, on the last couple of weeks. So uh, you're probably getting this episode and you're probably hopefully very happy to see us back. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of the, the social medias. Uh, they will also be in the link um, in the description of this episode. And you guys will be able to check us out there. Um, we have some really awesome reels that just got put up today. Uh, actually, the day that this is being recorded. So March 7th. So I'm sure we'll have some new ones by the time this episode goes live. But again, I, I just can't thank you guys enough for wanting to come and listen to us and supporting us. Um, every play counts. Um, and if you guys 
would be so inclined, I'm sure we would very much appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to our voices in your ear holes. <laughs> but please leave a review on what you guys lovely, think. Lovely ear holes. If you made it to the end, you must kind of like our voices. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully you didn't turn it off immediately. <laughs> but I just do want to thank you guys one more time. I keep saying it, and I'm I'm very thankful. I've seen, you know, the, the people in our Discord talk about how they love the show, people in person saying that they love the show, and we wouldn't be able to do this or, you know, really want to do this uh unless it was for you guys to hear and to learn and to grow and we hope that you are doing that so in conclusion thank you for listening uh, go find us wherever you can find us go buy some stuff from our website and check out our awesome new uh web page kellen worked really hard on it and it looks amazing so shout out there thank and, you uh, leave us a review on wherever you listen and that would be greatly appreciated and shared around to more people so i got one shout out to will also known as bubba from mosaic church thank you for the conversation about scar from the lion king that helped inform my thinking thank you so much awesome all right you guys this is the lamb's guild of dark attic hope you guys come back uh send us some messages hang out on the discord Send us a perpendicularity pigeon. We'll catch you guys later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.